0: I should just say the same thing I just said ten seconds ago. Hello and welcome. And oh, no, that's not what I said. What's up, Tim?
1: Hey, how are you? Good to I'm see you.
0: Well, well, good to see you. What's shaking?
1: I don't know. I'm I'm more curious to hear about uh, the, your San Antonio trip than than anything else, man. It's a uh, it's a big deal.
0: Okay, so I uh, went to San Antonio last weekend um to go to my first like major actually first ever WWE pay-per-view and it happens to be the Royal Rumble which many think is like so so let me let me peel back the onion so Vince McMahon uh took over WWF from his dad in, the, in in the 80s and um they were doing Uh, territories at the time and a territory is like a little region. So like uh, the mid Atlantic, the Northeast, the West coast. And I think they were like the Northeast area. Mm -hmm. He decided to, instead of having one territory to combine all of them into this thing called um, the WWE, which now obviously is a multi-billion dollar brand. It's become this big juggernaut. But in 1984, he created this thing called WrestleMania. They've done it. I think 39 times. And they also have these monthly um, pay-per-views where people pay, uh, well, they used to pay like up to like, I don't know, 80 bucks a month to get these these one-time four-hour events. Um, or they can go in and, and attend there. One of the other uh, pay-per-views, like WrestleMania, maybe the second biggest one is the Royal Rumble. And that was in San Antonio. So I went last week and uh, it was... Uh, it was quite the adventure. I don't know what else to say. Like it, <laughs> it's like so it was at the Alamo Dome. Yep. Um, the Alamo Dome is a football stadium, a smaller football stadium. I think it holds fifty thousand people. So there's fifty thousand people in attendance. Um, I, the scope. I've never been to Hampton Coliseum. I don't think, but you know, the scope is is um, seven thousand people. And I don't know if you've ever seen that place rowdy. Um, I've been to a couple of WWE events there. Yeah. Like I remember when the admirals were, they won like 29 straight, they won the Calder cup in like 12 or 11, something like that. It was really, wasn't that rough and rowdy. Like it just, it just wasn't. So I haven't been around, and, you know, you go to like uh, the amphitheater, and people are excited there. But it's a different kind of electricity at this thing. Hmm. And and so just imagine fifty thousand like weirdos watch that watch wrestling that are all there. You know, third th- probably seventy percent of them flew in. Um, it was very loud. It was very electric. It's very hard to describe. Um, like the the sound of people cheering was echoing off of each other. That was a really interesting. Hmm thing to to be a part of it's like the acoustic like it, it's it's just it's just hard to describe and and so Did when it, we first uh... get when we first get in crazy lines but when we first get in i mean i'm i haven't i do not know how to explain how busy this place was because people wait it was an hour to get food and it was an hour to get a beer if you didn't have cash um, so then you have to find an ATM to go to one of like that, you know, the guys that walk up the stands, yeah. those people were walking around, but I mean, a lot of people.
1: Did it, uh, did it meet or exceed your expectations or did you, did you have no expectation going in?
0: Okay. So I think everyone would probably agree with this statement. Well, my wife said, don't go in. I'm not going in with any expectation. I, I went in hoping that a certain, certain someone would, would show up. And it seemed as the night was progressing that that guy, a.k.a. Dwayne The Rock Johnson, there was a very large possibility that that could happen. He did not. Um, and so that was disappointing. The event as a whole, it was really well done. Um, I will say this what they do for broadcast is is absolutely incredible and i think it it's hard for them also to do that for an in-fan experience live in there it is a completely different um it's a complete it's a, it's a, it's a completely different broadcast it's a completely mm. different experience so the thing you hear the announcers when you're watching on tv you don't get that in the arena you you um, so, so at sometimes they had the camera on the big screens. Sometimes they didn't. Um,
1: how it, long, it, how long was it from start to finish?
0: So it started at eight o'clock and I think it was done by midnight, oh, but wow. I'm not, I'm not exactly sure. Um, rewatching it so that I can hear stuff. Cause like if the person, so um, my wife says it's like a silent film in person. Hmm. because you don't hear anything so there's a lot of context that you're missing and as an avid wrestling fan i watch every you know i watch a couple of times a week so you get that context i know this is so ridiculous these viewers are like oh I yeah
1: i i guess yeah and we'll eventually get there i mean i would like uh but you know it's been a while since I've listened or watched, but you could hear like people hitting the mat or the slaps. You, know, uh, so you yeah. I don't think so,
0: people realize that you literally will hear the slap. You will hear the ring. Like, and I think they have a mic down there and, and right. yada, yada, yada. But, but still, but if the, if the camera was in your face and they're talking to you, we're not hearing that. Hmm. So there's some stuff like that in there. But um, overall, I think the event was really, um, really well done. Excited I went, um, you know, will I go to another one? I don't know. I mean, it's it's one of those things where it's, is it better to go in person or is it better to go?
1: Yeah, that poses on? a really interesting question. Yeah, like what, what things out there are, do they produce better on television that's better to see on TV versus live? You're not getting, I, actually, here's an interesting thing. I don't think that the
0: cameras or the, the microphones, picked up how loud it was in that place when I've been re-watching it. It was significantly louder. It's probably the loudest thing I've ever been a part of by far. And yeah. it doesn't sound as loud on the actual broadcast as it does. And maybe they tamper with that and bring it down so that the levels are, are, are more equal. But it was... Very loud enough. that
1: yeah, play, yeah, so. yeah, that seems to be the same, same but different uh, in regards to NBA games. Like uh we went to see uh Brooklyn Nets play, we saw uh the Wizards play. And like when you're at the game in person, like you don't realize until you're there, like all the music and the big beats that are uh that are being played almost throughout the entire game. Other uh and so you don't hear that stuff on TV, but it's a lot more lively, I guess, to keep, charge. to keep, well, just that's like, a- like, uh, like if you um YouTube or do a Spotify search on like Brooklyn, uh, Brooklyn beats or something like that, but just like the house music that's always going on during, during the play of the game itself, you don't oh, hear that during when you yeah, actually you during the, game. Oh. yeah. You don't hear that on a TV broadcast, Uh, but like in the game, it's like just all part of it to keep the fans engaged. Uh, So that's it's a totally different experience.
0: So I guess they have a mic hooked up. That is a specific thing for the court. And then the other mics just aren't picking up the boom mics, if you will, aren't picking up the outer aspects of the arena. But when
1: you're in the arena, it's loud because it's, it's being played over the PA system.
0: Yeah, I I think there's a lot – obviously, this is a business show. So, like, I think sometimes people should go to these events and just bring it in and just be like, okay, what are they doing, right? And so it's – you don't have to like wrestling. You just go – how often are they promoting the Super Bowl right now, right? So how often are they – like, they're promoting the FanDuel commercial with Gronk already so much. Like, they're getting people pumped up for this thing beforehand – and it's just like, why are they doing that? It's, it's awareness, right? And so they already know they're going to spend the $10 bucks in 30 seconds. But what else can they do to, to promote it even more? And so I think most people will be like, oh, I pushed this thing out once. I'm good. Well, it's like, how often were they pushing the Super Bowl game? How often were they pushing the halftime show or the national championship game or to tune in to Jeopardy at 7 o'clock on, you know, on Thursday or every single day of the week? All that stuff is that repetition is important. And I think a lot of people forget that. And if you're in the venue, no matter what it is, see what those individuals are doing to get people excited. Um, it, it was interesting when when you went to San Antonio, where did you fly?
1: Where or what? What, what airline? Uh, we were on Delta.
0: Okay. So uh, I don't have allegiance to anything, but maybe allegiance Air if they want to sponsor you know. <laughs> Uh, I don't have an, uh, an allegiance to anything. I usually just go with whatever. Flew American Airline. On the flight there, they did not do this. But I guess on the way back, uh, they, they decided they were going to do this. They were promoting this credit card through American Airlines, like, so hard. And it was so annoying. And, I was, like, on the loudspeaker. Like, and it was just like, that's interesting. Like I've already given you my money. Apparently it was a good deal. You know, 60,000, you know, miles, whatever. Right. I don't know. But it was interesting because a lot of people raised their hands in there. So their call to action is let me come by and we'll give you this flyer and, you know, take the flyer and uh, fill it out. Then we'll, we'll send it in, yada, yada. And on the first flight, that was a bigger flight. I would think that like 20% of the people. Took the thing mm. on the second flight. I don't think anyone did. That was like a thirty-minute flight. Um, by the way, I hate flying. I can't. I, I like. I do not like flying. I don't like. The I feeling. did not know
1: that about you until uh, us exchanging texts earlier in the week.
0: Do not like flying whatsoever. Like, um, oh, I don't like the feeling. I get very. I used to get car sick as a kid. So any little bump hits mm. me. Even though I'm a roller coaster fan, which is a weird thing too. But yeah, I I am not a fan of flying. Hmm. Um, Yeah, I mean, I feel safe in them, but it's like,
1: I'm not worried about that. I just don't,
0: I just don't, don't like it.
1: What did you think about San Antonio overall as a, as a city, as a destination?
0: Okay. So um, multiple people, including yourself, told me to go to this one place called the river walk that was my least favorite thing of the entire trip now maybe i went at the wrong time maybe we went to the wrong place but we walked up and down a lot of that and it just it it was pretty but it wasn't i don't know uh, may, maybe it's kind of like San Francisco to me. Like people are like, "Oh, dude, this is gonna be great," and then you get there, and this that you have this high expectation, and that expectation, even though you don't know what that expectation is, is it met? But was not the biggest fan of Riverwalk. However, outside of Riverwalk, um, fun city,
1: great yeah. places,
0: a lot of culture. Um, I mean, there. Did you guys go to Pearl District? I don't think so. Okay, so. Pearl was a brewery in the 1800s. Then it got taken over by PBR for a century. So I guess it's PBR's major distributor or uh, distribution location, something like that, hmm. um, up until early 2000s. Then for 15 years, it did nothing. And then some developer converted into uh, a really swanky place and uh, went there Um Crazy hotel called Hotel Emma. Um, very rustic, like like a modern rustic, I guess you could call it. Um, that's where I had my first ever old fashioned. Um,
1: well, let's just uh, probably I mean, my thing, only
0: old fashioned.
1: <laughs> the thing that's interesting though is that, like that place is just it's bustling. Um, uh, and and one of the things that I had mentioned to you over text that was there's not a huge police presence there. Everyone just kind of does their thing. Everyone gets along. There's no trouble. Uh, everyone seems to have a good time. And uh, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know if that's just a, like a cultural thing, if they just figured it out. But unfortunately here, uh, and maybe it's amplified by media or whatever, but it's, uh, you know, night, nightclubs are shutting down versus uh, giving San Antonio, there's just something for everybody.
0: Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I, I I didn't realize that until you told me. The only security that I can think of was actually at the Alamo Dome. And uh, maybe at the actual Alamo. Maybe they had some people there. Which, by the mm-hmm. way, that place was awesome. Um, I love history and things like that. So, like, I'm big into crap like that. But that was cool. Maybe the coolest place that we went to was this interactive art museum called hopscotch Hmm. and i don't know just like i couldn't describe the royal rumble i don't know that i could describe this place it was wild so every piece of art has some something that the viewer can manipulate with it or participate with it so they had like a neon ball pit you know me germaphobe i jumped into that thing it was I felt absolutely disgusted, but it was really cool. They had, like, this kaleidoscope that, like, you can manipulate and do stuff with. Yeah, a very, like, a very eclectic, not what I would expect a San Antonio museum to be, but it was really rad. Um, So if you ever go back, you should should go there. That was probably the only thing we paid for, other than, like, food. Uh, everything else seemed to be free. The Alamo is the, is the most visited thing in Texas, which huh. I thought was interesting. Um, it's bigger than I would have expected to. However, great trip. Fun, fun times. What did you do this weekend?
1: <laughs> I don't know if I did much of anything, to, uh, to be honest with you. It's pretty chill. Did you run in San Antonio? Yeah. Where? Uh, like, gosh, is it Houston, Houston Avenue, Houston? I don't know.
0: I was very busy. You didn't find that that was a, uh,
1: I was out early enough that there wasn't a lot, but then I found like, um, like there was like this newer version of what, what's almost like a river walk, but it's a new thing. And I found that and I ran up and down that and it was super cool.
0: Um, I would think that the river walk, at least where I walked in the road walk, would be a difficult thing to run.
1: Yeah, unless yeah, you got to go out early. So but yeah, I only I think only ran one day when I was there because it was a short trip. A beautiful place,
0: a lot a lot of people. I mean, I would recommend it to people. Uh, it was nice not to have that food tax on on the bills.
1: The thing um, that um, the thing that I think that is great about traveling, man, is that I love uh, looking to see how other places market things differently uh other people other businesses um just different ways it's it's super super educational enlightening whatever you want to call it but man it's uh i love seeing how different places do different things
0: people seem to love that town that was something that i really grasped. the locals love it a lot of people live pretty far out too they all got farms it sounds like um, at least all the locals that we communicated with, but yeah, I mean, it's like they live 30 minutes or an hour away. But then they, you know, they. I think that's te- I think that's Texas, into- right? Is
1: You almost can like take a zero off everything, and uh, that's what it'd be for everybody else. It just it seems like that's just Texas. But Texas people love Texas. That's for sure.
0: Yeah, it was it was fun thing.
1: Yeah, from a business standpoint, uh, does wrestling? They only—I would assume that they only do certain locations. Like that, they, they have a playbook. Like we go to the Elmo Dome, this is what we got to do. We go here, this is what we got to do. So, is it a limited city type of thing, or do they have a pretty uh, wide swath of places that they go?
0: Depending on the event, depends on the city. So. I think you can make the assumption that the bigger event, the bigger the city. So they will, like the night before, they did SmackDown, which is like their 8 to 10 on Fridays on Fox. That was in Laredo, Texas. I don't know how big that was. It was probably five to 7,000 fans at that. They will do that. Um, they will do their live shows, which are Mondays and Fridays, at smaller cities but sometimes in bigger cities, just maybe at their smaller venues. So like they were in Philly a couple months ago, they were at the basketball arena there, not the football stadium. The football stadiums would be for large, large, large events. Mm. Um, There is word that they've come out and said that they want to like super bowls do make a city bid on them because of the economic impact that they do. I think WrestleMania weeks um, bring over over a hundred million dollars in economic impact. I know that's a, re, a a ridiculous BS number, but so cities have to bid after that is my understanding. So it's in LA this year. I think it's in Philly the, the year after that, they have to bid on it like a super bowl, like a world cup type of thing mm. to know that like, Hey, like this is not, not just WWE saying, Hey, we're going to pick this city because we think we can get the most amount of money out of them. But now the cities have to bid on them, and they bring an insane amount of revenue to the city. Because I guess you're getting all of the gate, which is the ticket sales, right? You're getting a concession tax. You're getting parking. You're getting hotel. You're getting the travel tax. You're getting all the restaurant tax, all the booze tax, um, then all the retail in that. In a city. And so I guess that equals because they, it's you, WrestleMania is a week typically now. You're looking at, I don't know, five to seven days of events. These people are spending a ton of money. So a city wants that money coming in, but you have to be a big enough city. You know, the Super Bowl is never going to be in Norfolk. It just isn't, right? There's not even a football stadium, right? And I don't mean to say that to like laugh at it. No, no. They've talked about how Jacksonville was the worst city ever. I don't know if you ever heard this, but Jacksonville was the worst city ever to host a Super Bowl because logistically they didn't have the infrastructure. Mm. Apparently, they had to build like um, they didn't have enough hotels, they didn't have enough restaurants for the people. And so a Super Bowl has to be in a city that can handle that. I don't know what what media market, what size Jacksonville is. It's probably in the 30s, right? So one of the 30 biggest cities, but it's not big enough to, to handle something like that. And when you're going to have, so WrestleMania is going to have 140,000 people at it for two nights at SoFi Stadium. You got to be able to handle that because these people are all coming from the outside. Right. It's not, it's not like your Los Angeles Chargers or Rams that live there and a handful of people from the outside. This is all from the outside. So you have to have that kind of infrastructure.
1: Yeah, that's really interesting. And just the the amount of cooperation and understanding and the ability to to see things from a macro level is really, really important when it comes to that. Like even if you started something small, um, it would be interesting if there was like a uh, like if William and Mary wanted to do like a colonial bowl. uh, Yeah, they just start out something small or the. uh, We'll look at something in the water. I mean, the hotel's there. Yeah,
0: I would, I would, I would imagine it's seventy percent local, thirty percent other. I could be wrong, but all those hotels are already sold out, and they're sold out for a long period of time. That's the yeah. type of thing you're looking at, and right. and it's just it, yeah. It's, I think it's hard for people to envision that because we don't have that. But I mean, it's that's that's what it is. You know, it's it's not just a parking garage. It's probably less to do about a parking garage in some of these situations. It's having enough taxis, having enough Ubers, having enough lifts. Right, right.
1: Yeah, it's interesting. I was, um, and I don't know, I would assume that this is legit and and above board, but um, talking to people that will uh, go to the airport, uh, they'll go to Hertz, rent a Tesla Model 3, and then for the weekend, and then just Uber, use that as their Uber for a weekend pretty pretty innovative because in terms what of like the evolved, evolved. uh well the thing about it is like if you do a so if you have an electric vehicle like the the model three um you can charge more money for that ride so like apparently that's like a, a popular thing that's done down in the virginia beach area so um pretty interesting i, I thought that that was uh hmm that when people so that's find something a, people do look
0: people do that locally yeah.
1: Yeah. What, what is, so you're saying like Hertz?
0: Yeah. I not even know they could do that. Uh, I went on nine Uber rides in San Antonio, most of them on Friday. And um, most of them were like seven bucks or less. Just because we, it was far enough away, like a mile and a half to two miles, that just seemed, and it was a little chilly there. It was, mm so we could just move back and forth uh and, you know instead of walking 35 minutes get there in two minutes um so that's interesting i wonder how much how much you would have to do to get the money to make that work what do you think uh, a tesla cost per
1: day i have i don't know i'm not sure i did not have a thing i've never had a tesla um like two like like it's becoming so much so that uh, my wife was talking to someone saying that most of the time when they uber down at Virginia beach more times than not it's actually a Tesla that uh, that picks them up interesting yeah Never. But, uh, yeah that but that's the kind of uh, like that the innovation and and just thinking that we need more of that in this area because um, like you said if we had a big event like that I mean it's hard enough to get an uber right now if you go out on a on a weekend night um, the ride either gets canceled or you're, you're waiting a long time just cause there's not enough. So interesting stuff. Why do you think that is I had
0: no heart? Yeah, so just the preface and probably when you were in San Antonio, I'm assuming you Ubered a little um, didn't, ha- I mean, within a minute, every single time within a minute, maybe the yeah. longest one was at the hotel, which was four minutes. I mean, and that was at six in the morning. Like, why do you think it's just because the population, there's a crap ton more people there than here. I would
1: think so. Yeah, I, I would think so. I love, and I love Ubering uh, in in cities like that, just because, man, like the things that you can learn from the, the different Uber drivers is awesome. Well, ask them, right? It was funny.
0: They were like going back and forth. I'm like, oh, you should do this. Oh, you should do yeah. that. Nah, this restaurant,
1: really that restaurant. Hate. Yeah.
0: Yeah, that's your own tour guide, right? I mean, you wanna you wanna know what the locals are doing. Let's and some some of them they were like, "Oh, I'll take you to this area, but let me take you to this place in the area. I yeah. think you'll like this a lot more." And usually, those recommendations were good. And we asked every single one of our drivers something like that. That's an interesting. That this is this is that uh, makes me think of something. So if you were an Uber driver and someone said, hey, I'm here, what should I go do mm-hmm. in this city, what would you tell them to do?
1: Well, I guess the first question I would ask you, what what is it that they are interested in? Um, and that would certainly dictate the answer. Um, but I don't know. I mean, like, uh, I, yeah, I, you know, Southside versus peninsula. Right. And obviously like what type
0: of thing are you trying to do? Are you trying to go to a trail? Are you trying to go to a museum? Are you trying to go to the beach? you trying to, what kind of food, you know, things like that. But, but yeah, I I guess it does depend on what they're, they're trying to think. Like what would be the first couple of things that would come off, come out though? Uh, Maybe on both the peninsula and on. Yeah.
1: Well, I think that, um, I think that, the Colonial Williamsburg is something that uh, everybody should do. Walk up and down Dog Street. Uh, I think that's huge. And then, uh, and then on the other side, um, the Virginia Beach Boardwalk is really, really cool. I mean, it's just I think that we take that for granted uh, that it's in our bed and just right, right down the road. And but I mean, it's just something that's really neat. The Navy Seal uh, Memorial is really cool down there. Um, Where is that? Um, it's a, it's in the northern like the like the, the north end of the uh, of the boardwalk, but um, and then certainly downtown Norfolk you got uh, with the USS Wisconsin, uh, Nauticus, and all that water. Side I would area recommend is people cool.
0: going on to those things too, not yeah. just going to see it. Like it's pretty cool to go on the on the actual ship.
1: It's I didn't know they have how long is this. Uh, I think that it opened a couple years ago. I, I want to say, like, COVID kind of had a. I
0: didn't even know about this. Okay, that's cool. I'll, I'll go check that out. So, 38th Street. So, it's right before Cavalier. Yeah. Interesting. Okay, I had no idea. And if I've been there, then I forgot. Is it? it yeah, I right. mean,
1: it's just, it's just like to me, like when I, um, was running the boardwalk uh, in the morning. It was awesome. Just, I mean, like, there's nothing. There's nothing cooler than running the boardwalk. The sun is rising. You got the Atlantic Ocean. You got all the hotels, uh, and then you have formations of navy troops that are running and and singing cadence. I mean, it's just like I, there's there's very very few places that you could experience something like that. It was it was just it was super. There's cool. a
0: place at in norfolk in town point park i don't know if you've ever seen this but it's letters from yes wives, wives or husbands to their wives yeah and the pieces of paper so like they're metal but they're like done in yep. a way where they're not just flat and it's a vi- like they they block it off a lot when the ships come in things like that but and it's not very large it's maybe 40 by 40 feet it's i mean yep. there's nothing up right it's all on the ground Yep. And there's probably 16, 20 of them. But it's all these letters from the wives. And they're just... The letters kind of like... Are manipulated over the ground. Kind of like this. That's pretty cool. It is cool. Um, and no one ever talks about that. That would be like something... And look. you, you It's free. You go there for four seconds. You can read each one. Um, that's a... That's an interesting... I think everyone... I think this question should actually be what city leaders, economic development people, anyone in a in a business leadership role, trying to recruit the, this question of like, hey, if you're if you're a taxi driver, if you're an Uber driver, if you're a Lyft driver, if you're if you're someone who is driving a tourist in town, where would you tell them to go? I, it it kind of reminds me of this thing I asked um, on on the book face, maybe like. 12 years ago, like what is the local landmark? And no one really knew what it was. Well, what's the most beautiful thing in the area? Is it Mount Trashmore? That's an interesting one. That's yeah. a big landmark. Is it the Wisconsin? Is it the Coleman Bridge? You know, is it is it something like that? Is it the boardwalk? Is it the the, the Navy SEAL monument that I had no idea about? Like yeah. what is it? Right. And I think because ODU was getting a football. Um, I remember talking to some of the ODU ODU officials. And saying, hey, when ESPN comes to broadcast this game, where are you going to send them to do those out cues into the Mm -hmm. commercials? And they were like, "Uh, I don't know. And I'm like, see, we need to be thinking about these things because that's the marketing that you're talking about that you liked in San Antonio or wherever else you've been this year, right? You see those things, and then that becomes a, a national conversation instead of... Well, I, I guess they could go to Red Dog and Collie Avenue,
1: right? Like, well, and it's going? just like, like the interesting thing, like uh, if you're if you're watching a Bills game that's in Buffalo, I you know, like what people don't realize when it's a nationally televised game is it's that the game is the game is being played in Orchard Park, which is in South Buffalo, but then when the, they always show Niagara Falls, which is like way north, yeah, and, and it just makes makes it seem like or then they show the anchor bar when they're preparing the chicken wings kind of thing is just like all that stuff is really really spread far apart um
0: which is not uncommon from a city
1: perspective right yeah this area wants to act
0: like it's so different than other cities it's like your 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 exact scenario is it's buffalo buffalo is niagara falls it is orchard park it is the anchor bar it is the bills that's pretty normal you know, where where is the law where the where does the Los Angeles Rams and Chargers play?
1: Yeah, and I guess so. If, if 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 say that they were that the, where would they take these uh, outtakes from? I, I guess they would probably show Colonial Williamsburg. They would probably show the Wisconsin. They would probably show the Boardwalk. Um, mm-hmm. And you know, and so you know, Waterside is really great I think as they trash well. The board. Yeah. I don't know. City Center on Virginia would, Beach is pretty, uh, yeah, that, I mean, like, that's interesting in the sense of, because uh, it's so far away from the boardwalk. I'm sure that, uh, I don't know, I, you know, they would probably show the Navy base for sure.
0: Um, well, they can't really but, get on base, though.
1: Well, from afar, in terms of, uh, but yeah, I don't I know. I
0: wonder if these conversations actually are had, because in the conversations that I've had with these type of individuals... Not the not me as a tourist, as an Uber driver, but like from a city official perspective, I don't think they think that way. But they aren't thinking of the outbound marketing aspect of it. That is yeah. incredibly
1: important. But I think that even on the other swing in the pendulum, the other way, if you are a founder and you want to start your business, you really want to make a go at it. And here we are, we're talking about Uber shortage. Uh, you know, there's nothing stopping you, and there's no shame in the game of hey, you know what? I'm going to rent a car. I'm going to be an Uber driver on Thursday, Friday, Saturday nights so that I can offset the income that I need to make my startup work.
0: Um, on the flip side of that, I think people, well, the first thing you said is, you know, there's no, re- basically there's no reason why you couldn't do this type of thing, but I think it is frowned upon. You know, I think it is an embarrassing thing, right? I do think it's like people would rather not do that and lose than but do I think that. that uh, and, and granted start- the
1: numbers are, numbers are a little skewed with bigger cities, but I think that the average, uh, if I remember right, the average hourly wage for an Uber driver uh, was like $37 an hour. It was something close to that. It's uh well and you can meet people there was a guy
0: who moved back customer discovery yeah there was a guy i can't remember his name he was one of the first 757 angels invested companies and he had a technology that when you have a bow and arrow you shoot it through the deer and like 60 percent of the time the deer gets away because it, Hmm. it it the the puncture doesn't doesn't do it do the thing immediately and so they lose they lose the arrow they lose the deer and the rest so well. and he met a bunch of people while moving bags from car to hotel or hotel dolly and he would talk to these individuals and give them the card when it was appropriate i guess and and he said that was a big uh, a big help for him have you ever heard that company? I can't remember what it's no, called. Um, no, they're in Franklin. Um, mm-hmm. I'll look it up and see if I can find it. But I do think that a lot of people would rather just sit in front of their computers and not do that kind of work because I think they're embarrassed by it or they think they're better than it. But it's interesting. Like, how many people how do you know you that wanna, are actually? Right? Well, I. I'm not disagreeing with you. I'm just saying yeah, I yeah, think yeah,
1: that yeah. people are kind of like, ah,
0: well, I don't well, know. I
1: think that, I mean, so like even before you even start a business, first thing you need to do, do is look at your own personal finances. We always talk about runway or runway runway when it comes to a business standpoint, but uh, you need to look at what your personal runway is in the sense of, hey, how much am I spending each month? Therefore, how much money do I have in my personal savings account? and you know can i go 6 months can i go 12 months 18 months before you uh get a paycheck from from that startup and so the thing about it is that like those are questions that people need to have before uh they decide to enter that business realm uh yeah so
0: have a personal budget and a business budget of kind of where you think those are going to be yeah. be realistic with it cut back and the thing is like- that
1: you you may find out so like if you if you don't quit the your 9 to 5 and you're doing 40 you're working 40 hours a week, 50 hours a week then realistically you're only spending maybe 20 hours a week on your on your business whereas if you were to swallow your your pride so to speak and then maybe it turned out you only need to do to Uber or DoorDash or Instacart 10 hours a week to supplement the, what you need from a financial standpoint at home and then you can work on your business for 50 hours a week or 60 hours a week whatever it is i mean to me it's just man it's just it's a i no mean door
0: seems so easy at this point you walk in the restaurant you get the bag you drop it off in someone's door you can be doing whatever you want that entire time like it hey, you don't have to talk to a customer you don't have to hand them a bag they just put it at the doorstep like it's, it's obnoxious. Uh, it looks like the company was called Nantrack Industries. Do you ever, mm. ever,
1: ever hear about them? No, I don't. But I will tell you, man. Dude, so, like, it was the day before, I think, it, was it the day before Christmas? I don't know. That uh, we were we were going through the Walmart parking lot because um, we... You actually we went, went to a Wally World? We, I didn't, we didn't go in. We were driving through the parking lot. We were going to pick up uh, pizza or something. But anyway... Like the, the line of cars to do uh, the de- uh, delivery drop off, it mm-hmm. wrapped around the entire parking lot and went around the entire Walmart. There, there must have been 65, 70 cars that were all lined up in line waiting to pick up groceries for the home delivery. I mean, it was it, it was crazy. It was bananas. We talked about
0: this with Drone episode 40 to 70, probably a year and a half ago. And it was, I believe my, my, my assumption was what's the most expensive thing in a warehouse and a warehouse is a Walmart, a target, anything like that, a grocery store that making it pretty, you know, the human aspect of it, right. The employees in there that are making it pretty. And if you could remove that and make it all delivery or carry out base, that makes it so much easier from the inside So, like, think about this, right? There's always someone making sure that there's food going in and it looks pretty and it's clean. You know, the cleanliness needs to stay there. But if you remove that aspect and you just have to go pick up your food, which is clearly what a lot of people are doing these days, right? A lot of people just go pick up their food from your Wally Worlds, from your Kroger's, from your, your Harris Teeters, whatever. If you completely remove all of the inside consumer retail based um visibility and you just make someone else go pick it up but well, that's where i think we're moving to i mean maybe it's not as soon as i think but it seems like that's that's where we're going to go to and yes you got to touch your stuff and make sure you like it but there's only so much stuff in there that you're really looking at right
1: only the produce well, I, and i i look at it from a um a a restocking standpoint. It's amazing to me that if you go to a store at four o'clock in the afternoon, how many shelves are empty because they don't have people restocking the shelves. So if you were, if you configured your store in a way that was like a Costco Sam's club type of thing, where you just constantly were able to um, you, you weren't worried about the pretty and you were able to constantly restock shelves, how much more inventory you could turn over and how much more revenue you could generate. Because a lot of stores, uh, they only restock in the evenings or overnight. Um,
0: I'm surprised surprised it's taken this
1: long. Well, it'll also
0: be interesting to see if retail makes a comeback due to companies forcing a non-free refund and you got to pay that shipping fee back. A lot of companies are talking about how they are going to have to start to... um, charge for that instead of make it free for the consumer where a lot of people, I think were buy I don't know, 10 pairs of jeans, try them on, send them back. If, they, if none of them don't work, that's gotta be a decent expense on, on the business. If none of those sure. are going back, where does that happen? So you and I have texted about this ever since he told us Eddie Montero, is that his name? Yeah. So he runs the UPS store, at least he used to. Does he still run that? They
1: still get mm-hmm. that? Yeah, yeah, up in Williamsburg and Gloucester.
0: And um, he told us, and I thought it was I thought it was brilliant. So the UPS stores, when you have a return from Amazon, at least Amazon, when the UPS store takes that, they get like a buck and some change per transaction back. The UPS store does. Amazon pays them. So I last week had a couple of returns. Went to my UPS store, walked in. The person did not and has never upsold the way that eddie told us that those individuals need to because it's it's deal flow you get them in oh do you need anything else they just take they just take the thing give me the receipt and leave i don't know Mm -hmm. if it's different for you but that's typically what they do but i asked the the lady there i said how how many returns do you do a lot her response was so many that we don't count and i said like 50 or like a thousand and she said like like a thousand and so that math. I think I did it that day for you. It was over half a million dollars in returns.
1: Uh, Yeah. I mean, and obviously Amazon is super smart. They've done the math too. And that they know that uh, that expense is a whole lot cheaper than building out. Do you know what they do?
0: Have Have you seen what they actually do? They take the product, they put it into a big box and then they ship the big box out with all the crap in it. So they're not hmm. even shipping it individually. They're shipping, they have like a bunch of boxes, they then have a weight limit, I guess, that goes into it and you know, sign, seal, deliver it, and it goes. Yeah. But it's little things like that, I guess because we're so excited about businesses that we look at that and say, Oh, that's that's a that's an interesting way to sell. That's an that's an interesting way to to get this product out there where it's pretty innovative.
1: Yeah, and, and the thing is, I I think it all ties back down to knowing your customer. And I don't know how many times we've talked to founders about how well do you know your customers? How many customers have you talked to? What is their behavior? What are they willing to do? What are they not willing to do?
0: Do you think people talk? How do? Why do you think people are so afraid of customer discovery in that kind of way?
1: Because uh, I, I don't think that they want to hear the, the fear of hearing information mm-hmm. that they don't want to hear.
0: That's probably true. When you tweeted about that the other day, um, the tweet was, if you're going to be a founder and I'm going to coach you through some of this stuff, how do you think that's received by people? Or do you do you ask them do you, do you Gary Plaget it, Plague it, however his last name is like because I remember he taught me this once and I thought it was a pretty smart thing he goes before you give someone good or bad feedback ask them how they want what they want or something like that yeah and I thought that was really interesting so do you preface it like that or do you just be like screw it I'm going in
1: no I think that that's I think that's a a solid response so remember uh, Jason Calacanis did that when he was a star Peninsula you want the red pill or you want the blue pill. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause I think that, I think that, uh, people are different. So if you, yeah. I, and for the most part, I want you to succeed. And I, I think that I have pretty decent bedside manner, but if you want, if you want the real truth, I, yeah, you, you need to understand what the real truth is. Because if, if, if everything is sugarcoated and I'm going to just going to tell you about all the things that you're doing right, arguably. Yeah. Are you really growing from that? And I think that you're, I, I think that that's one the aspect that you're really good at uh, is the coaching aspect. You're, you're not, a, you not, pushing, I, pushing too hard is something that you don't uh, overly consume your, your brain cycles about. You're, you're pretty, pretty clear. One of my
0: best traits as a coach is, how do I say this? I don't care if I get fired from a client for telling them the stuff that they don't want to hear. And I, and I think that's a interesting aspect of what I do. Like there are times where I'm like, look, I'm praising you. And I want you to realize that like you aren't doing a good enough job praising yourselves or, or appreciating this thing. I will absolutely do that. And I tell clients that all the time, but I also will tell them like, yo, like this thing that, you think isn't that big of a deal is the reason why you're not where you want to be. And it's that black and white and whether whether they do something with it or not, that's not up to me. I can't, I can't get them to do anything.
1: Right. So true. And frustrating because you see the path. You're like, this is your path to success, but you can't take that path for them.
0: I learned that in 20, 12, 2013, when we invested in some of the companies that it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how much you want it for them. If they don't want it and aren't willing to do it, that's that you can't hold that against yourself as painful as it is. and, And as painful as you feel like maybe you didn't win, you lost in that scenario. You, you gotta learn from those mistakes and realize hey like not everyone is gonna be a winner and you can do a really good job of picking and you followed your rubric of what you think is is necessary but if they're not willing to do it I got I got a call from a, from a business owner from that I've known for about seven years This individual, said, I think I'm about to throw in the towel. And I know how much money they made last year and years before and the progression on that. And I just was like, actually, this is via text. And my text was like, what? With a bunch of T's, question mark. Like, I was just like, why? Like, what are you thinking? Like, you, you why'd you put in all this hard work to just throw in the damn towel? And there might be something else i haven't sure. had the actual phone call with this person yet but it just seems a little out of place sometimes and so i you know I gotta, I gotta
1: i gotta reel them back in
0: you know and be <laughs> like oh like
1: uh we talk about it all the time about how high the highs are and how low the lows are it is bananas and how fast it can swing one i way feel like it's next. usually
0: in the same day
1: 100 percent. Yeah. Well, going from high to low is. I. I wish that. Uh, wish you could string along some of those high high days for a lot longer. But I remember you got to celebrate them though.
0: Yeah, I remember. Um, I had gone after two fairly large contracts, not government or anything like that. And um, I remember I put in a lot of work on both of them. This is probably. 16, 15, something like that. And I was doing something. I think I was at like a coffee downtown, which is our old weekly morning coffee event where we would just hang out with people. And I think I looked at my phone for something. And maybe this is when I was still having notifications on my phone and I got the notification that basically, Hey, like you didn't get this piece of business. And maybe that's the reason why I don't have notifications on my phone anymore. Cause I didn't want to see that. Cause I was in the middle of a conversation. I looked and I was like, mm! "I was like really angry, like visibly angry, probably for two hours. <laughs> then like literally two hours later, I get a phone call from this other company and they're like, we've accepted your proposal. We're going to go with it. Yada, yada, yada. And I was excited, but it's just like, in the same day, literally 120 minutes apart from each other, had I gotten both of those contracts, I would have been very happy. By the way, very happy. Um, but I only got one, and I guess fifty percent is fine. It's great. Very happy to do that piece of business. But yeah, those are that was that was that was a bad day and a good day at the same time. Like, geez.
1: Yeah, it's tough to process. It really really how do you process,
0: process that how do you process the highs and the lows you know people say oh, try and get even but what what do you do or, or what do you what have you seen that works for others
1: well i think that you've having someone to talk to is certainly really really important and then it goes back to uh it, that person that you talk to generally they know am i here to listen or am i here to give you answers or uh to help fix the problem but for me personally and and so like that's like some of the good some of the bad i run in the morning so a lot of times mentally that that sets me up for the rest of the day but and then if something bad happens i can't run it out but generally though if i've got something weighing on my shoulders by the time i finish my run dude i'm level-headed everything's good to go the The dopamine
0: effect or whatever runs produced just rids it.
1: Yeah, I mean it's um, and like if I find myself, if if I find myself, if I wake up in the middle of the night thinking about whatever it is. Mm-hmm. I will put in one of the co- the uh, calm sleep stories. Those things are magic. It is just magic. I'm mean, like, I'm thinking to myself. In bed with yeah. Yeah, I'll pop I'll pop a an earbud in. Oh, okay. Tur- turn on that sleep story. Like last dude last night, man, I uh, turned on uh, a a really? Matthew McConaughey one. And all right, uh, all right, all right. Yeah, and I was dude, and it's just it's so like it's, it's scientifically designed to like put you to sleep. I mean, it's just like my brain will just get going and then I like, just throw, forget about that thing. I forget about that thing. I focus on the story that I'm listening to and then like over time it like it's Hmm. Slower, softer, and it, like and the, the way that they describe everything in great detail, it just ta- it just eases your brain. And like next thing you know, man, you're just like out cold and great night's sleep. It's magic.
0: Um, I started listening to Dave Grohl's book yesterday. You've listened to that, right? Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I'm about an hour in. Uh, the last story that I recall. Is some chick from middle school he sees 30 years later and she says F you to him, and that was like the end of the chapter. That was all our um, but he he grew up in Springfield, which is where I originally grew up, yeah. Um, so that's that's cool,
1: yeah. He taught, talk- I was surprised, it was awesome how much he talked about Northern Virginia and just his Virginia roots. That's cool,
0: yeah. There, there's something there, right? It's like the 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 local I don't know what the word is but it's you know the home the homegrown guy you know Yeah. and I think there is some well I'm not, actually this is interesting speaking of that I think Dave Matthews isn't playing a Virginia show this year and people are really mad about that
1: you know I wonder it seems like the, I just wonder if they uh, like if the amphitheater is a slow on booking everything for this year because it seems like there's a lot of people that aren't scheduled to come back and then over time i think that they'll they'll get added but uh it's yeah i don't know but dave matthews always draws a pretty big crowd whenever he comes down here
0: i would assume so yeah uh maybe that's a ticket master thing it's tick why is Ticketmaster still
1: the juggernaut dude like, what- well is i tell you man i uh so axis is starting to uh gain some traction axs right is the, uh, is the, the, how it's spelled. But I mean, yeah. And so like one of the things that they do that I think is pretty neat is like, um, you, you put a, you put down a dollar deposit, uh, before tickets go on sale so that you can reserve your spot. So I'm assuming just like that, that dollar is enough to keep bots out of it. Um, but like uh, Zach Bryan, he's uh, he's a country musician, and he like he is he's very very vocal about going against Live Nation and Ticketmaster, but uh, and that's the platform that he uses.
0: Hmm. You go to a lot more
1: shows than I do.
0: I do. I went to a show on Friday. No ticket necessary. Walked right in. It was an '80s cover band. They were pretty good, actually.
1: Well, I'm looking uh, forward to seeing you tomorrow, Zach. Well, quick, quick, uh, plug. Yeah. So, uh, we're, we're, we're judges for an event called pitch black, which I think that name is great. I think that I, I, I gave a shout out to Blair, uh, cause I thought that was really uh, a pretty clever name. <laughs> so it's funny you say that cause at
0: the Royal rumble, there was a pitch black match. Ah, yes. Um, I'm wearing all black. Yeah, I'll
1: probably do the same. No, it's it's
0: through black brand promoting, encouraging, championing
1: black entrepreneurship. So, and I and I tell the other thing that I told Blair about I was I like, yeah, I really I wore I wear it as a badge of honor that uh, when we were referred to as the the goons of entrepreneurship in in Hampton Roads, man, I love it.
0: I like the word "goon." That's a I've never been I, I can't remember if she fooled me then, but like she got me then. But like I like that word. Like that's uh Oh, she didn't say that at the event. She said that at on.
1: The- it was a, a LinkedIn post or something.
0: Yeah, yeah. That was uh, cool. at,
1: um, Hashtag goon life. That's right. So we gotta we gotta represent tomorrow. Should be fun. Should be fun. Yeah. Um, They're doing a lot of great things.
0: What else is going on? Anything?
1: i don't watch more football dude i'm done i what is your projection on the the viewership of the super bowl this year i think it's going to be like close to an all-time low all-time low yeah oh why well i think that the only people are going to watch it is the philadelphia market and the kansas city market i don't think a lot of other people care
0: I don't know. I mean, you you had last year's historic playoffs, the last seven games, all within three points or less, many of them on the last play of the game. You did not have that as much this year. Um, I I don't know that I believe I think it will be more like an all-time high. Really? Uh, I, yeah, I just think that like what what would have changed your mind on that? Um what I don't team, do you want Dallas in there? If Dallas was there, it would be more people.
1: Well, I, they uh, I, 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 yeah, it's one of those things like the 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 story that the byline or the storyline, like, there's like, is there any like real like everybody knows Patrick Mahomes, but like they haven't really done anything like that from the Philadelphia, uh, from the Eagles side. I mean, it, like, so I think that the the audience from the Eagles standpoint is going to be limited because uh, I don't know, maybe the media didn't give them, yeah, they, they were consistent record wise throughout the whole year, but uh, yeah, I just. I
0: believe that Patrick Mahomes, I mean this by no disrespect to you, Tim, but he is starting to, to tread lightly on the Buffalo bills, 90 super bowls on if he doesn't start to win. These Super Bowls, it's like, yo, bro, like, you have to start winning these if you're going to be in those categories of where people are telling you. It's great that you've been to five straight AFC Championship games and you've been to a couple of Super Bowls, but you have to start winning some of these games to start being in these categories. And I think there's a lot on him for that. Um, I think that's a major storyline, especially with, with Tom Brady retiring yesterday. Like if if Patrick Mahomes, which is who the one that people are saying has the closest ability to get to to Brady, he's nowhere close if he doesn't start winning these games. I mean, I don't, that, really, that I don't disagree. And it's funny because a couple weeks ago I was bring that up to to actually to my mom, and I was like, look, every no one's everyone wants to praise Patrick Mahomes for getting to these games, but like if you if you want. Historical status—you got to start winning at some historical paces, and you're not there. You know, Bills yeah. made it to five straight Super Bowls. Okay, the I think the the Eagles made it to five straight AFC yeah. Championship games. No one ever talks about them, right? right. Because right. you got to win the big games. Why do people talk yeah. about Tom Brady? Because you got to win the big game. It's that simple.
1: I mean, I just think that, so. Like the on the opposite side, I think that everyone, everybody was talking about Mister Irrelevant way more than they were talking about anyone from the Eagles. I mean, it's just, uh, and I don't know if that's just a media bias thing that, uh, that, that just is a lot of clicks to people. It generates a lot of interest. People like the roof for the underdog or what the case is, man. But I think that story in Jalen hurts though, you could, you could make that exact same
0: case that he's the guy that got fired from Alabama that then went to Oklahoma and, and, and got drafted in the second round, not the first round. So you're not expected to do much and has gone on and done like, you can make that exact same story in saying how well they but they, they did his career, but they didn't. And I don't know why. Maybe they do maybe they just hate Philadelphia. Who do you got winning? I'm cheering for the Eagles, but I think
1: the Chiefs are gonna win. You I I do think that the Eagles oh, the Eagles just they look good. Uh, and I think the Kansas City is, is they're they're a beatable team. I mean, it's just. Uh, so you're saying blowout? Eagles by. I, I think I think
0: Eagles by ten. I think the line is one and a half Philadelphia. Is it really? Mm-hmm. What will I be gambling on? Well, most likely the national anthem, over, because <laughs> it's country. You know, those country guys always sing along. Chris Who's Stapleton. doing the national anthem. I think Chris Chris Stapleton.
1: Oh, okay. um,
0: well, I don't uh, even know what network it's on this year. Fox. Okay. And there's a big storyline there because Tom Brady retires, he's got a 10-year four hundred million dollar contract with Fox. Is he gonna call the Super Bowl now instead of Greg Olson?
1: Probably not. But that'll be interesting because how 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 bad of a day do you think Greg Olson had yesterday? It's weird, okay,
0: because you know it's coming. He's done a a, a pretty good job.
1: Yeah, he's but not while,
0: terrible. While watching, I think it's Kevin Burkhart and Greg Olson are the A yeah. team. And I remember every time it's on, I make this point and I say out loud to my wife, "This is your Super Bowl announced team," because it's 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 kind of two unknowns. And so I kind of see both of them backtracking. Tom Brady finding someone else to be the play-by-play. And those guys going to the secondary games on Fox moving forward. Not sure. just Greg Wilson.
1: I would agree I would agree um, with that.
0: I think they've done a fa- fantastic job of calling games. But they're not that A-level. I mean, who was the Fox A-level before? Joe Troy, Buck and uh, Troy Eggman. And Troy, yeah. It'll be, it, it'll be interesting. I don't think Greg Olson really cares. He's probably happy that he got this year, and we'll see what happens. Hmm. What's something we haven't talked about that you want to talk about? <laughs> Dude, I, I think we covered it all. We covered go. it all. Oh, well, this has been a delight. I look forward to talking to you in a year to touch base on the update of how things are going.
1: Yeah, I'll see you tomorrow. Toodles. Peace.